All right, hello Canada and baseball fans in the States, in Jamaica, in Prince Edward Island, wherever you're listening, hello, thanks for listening. We're, uh, we're going to crack a few beers here, and by a few I mean only one because that was the only one in our radio station fridge. <laughs> it's uh, Clayton Croker to my left. Uh, we have the man, the myth, the Justin, Justin Anderson, and uh, joining us via Skype, we also have uh, the Maritimes Mistress Maker. We got Patrick Marsh. I know that we use the same nickname for Patrick every single time. But we have to. We have to because it's so good. Uh, This is episode seven of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Uh, It's a big one because we are finally at the break. We're going to be talking about the Home Run Derby. We're going to be talking about what the Jays should do at the deadline. We're going to be ripping into Marcus Stroman as we tend to do sometimes. We go off and on on Marcus Stroman. You guys do. Basically, a bunch of Jays talk. (laughs) We'll mix in some all-star talk and some random offside jokes in the middle there. <laughs> uh, don't forget we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash batflipsmapledips, on Twitter at BFMD Podcast, SoundCloud, just make sure you look up Batflips Maple Dips. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, all that fun stuff. Now that the official stuff's out of the way, let's get to the fun stuff. Uh, Patrick, we're going to start with you. The uh, Brave series in the week that was, that's where we're going to start. Um, we had an okay split with them. Game one of that series wasn't bad. Game two, pretty bad. Uh, what's your take on those two games? Well, uh, Marcus Stroman had a pretty solid start in the 6-2 win. That was nice. Uh, Justin Smoke had the homer. The hits were nice and spread out. Nobody really had like a big standout game at the plate, but seeing Marcus Stroman come back with a solid start where he didn't walk a 1,000 batters uh, was really nice to see. Mm-hmm. So very, very happy with that one. The loss, um, the score kind of makes it seem a little bit closer than it actually was with the uh, Devin Travis Grand Slam, which was a beautiful thing to see. Um, But other than that, the team just sucked. Gaviglia was bad. Loop was bad. Um, Tim Mesa came out, actually, and he was quietly effective. But other than that, that game was just ugly. (laughs) Very, very ugly. One positive out of that game, though, uh, Justin Smoke, that was a series where he started to uh, really heat up. Justin, do you think that Justin Smoke can keep this going? Because, again, two homers in that series. He looked okay in the Red Sox series as well. Uh, give us a little bit of a lowdown on Justin Smoke. Yeah, Smokey's coming around um, with the power numbers. We, we talked a few week, a few times um, on previous episodes about how his power numbers were lower than they have been. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of just a, kind of a regression to the norm for Smoke, where he's kind of just sort of finally making the contact and mm-hmm. the ball's going out of the park. He was seeing a lot of line drives that were low into the ground before with, with hard contact, but he's just finding that right launch angle as the big buzzword in baseball is right yeah. now. So he's he's hitting the home runs and they're they're going out and they're coming at big times. I mean, the two in the Boston series were, were huge, one from the, each side of the plate. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, yeah, that Red Sox series, pretty much what we expected. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us expected <laughs> that they were going to... I mean, winning a game against Boston was great. Yeah. 13-7, um, to 7 too. So we actually put the put the wood to him a bit. So that was nice to see. I mean, the errors were not great in that series. I think Gurriel had, geez, maybe four errors in the series, um, which isn't great for anyone. Um, but on a whole, I mean, the, the bats didn't look terrible in the first two games, but then uh, Boston pretty much shut us down. Well, let's talk about Devin Travis in that Red Sox series, because yeah. again, game one, four for four. Uh, he has a grand slam in the second game of that uh, Atlanta series as well. But then he just falls off a cliff. It just seems like he's there for like two or three days, 
and then he just vanishes. Why is he so inconsistent? Do you think, Patrick, that it's his injury history, that he is still a little banged up because of all of his injuries he's had, or do you just think that he's that kind of player? He's just an inconsistent player. Uh, he's just not an everyday starter in MLB. I think it's pretty obvious at this point, uh, between the injuries, the fact that he can be on one day and invisible for like a week or two after that. It just goes to show that the Devin Travis experiment is over. And I'm pretty sure I've said this before that Travis, he's just, he's gonna, he's the odd man out. He can see it coming. We can see it coming. Everybody can see it coming, and it's great that he was able to mash a little bit last week because it means that increases his value as a trade commodity. Mm-hmm. But at, at this point, just it's it's great when he's out there playing great. He's a defensive liability. He had two errors the, uh, last week. Um, look, it, it, when he was great for the Jays those couple of years after the trade, I was all about Devin Travis being our second baseman moving forward, but at this point, he's just he's a liability out in the field. So, I don't know. He's just whatever to me now. Two more things about this uh, Boston series I want to talk about here. Kendris Morales played okay. Uh, his eye at the plate is getting really, really good. I mean, it's always been pretty good, but he's been walking a lot more than usual. Um, quickly for both of you, has Kendris done enough in the past couple of weeks because his start was horrible, but has he done enough, let's say in the past month, to be a trade asset for the Jays? Like, Do you think we could get anything in return for Kendris Morales, or is it just a future consideration or cash kind of deal? I don't I don't see him being moved simply because of his contract. We'd, we'd probably have to eat a bunch of his salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the fact that he can't really play defense. We saw him at first base, and I think it was in the finale of that series. Maybe the third game you gave smoking a night off his feet, um, but n- no, for, he'll he'll be with us next year because of the contract yeah. and because he can't play defense. Yeah. What about you, Patrick? Uh, I kind of like half agree with Justin. On one hand, yes, he has zero or negative defensive value, but if you look at his stats from, we'll say like maybe. June to present, or even maybe a little bit further back than that, he does actually add value when it comes to uh, his performance at the plate. Mm-hmm. I think he's done. He has done enough to make him a trade commodity, but we won't get anything for him. It's mostly just to get him off the books as fast as possible. And I do think we'll end up having to eat a little bit of the salary, but if we could trade him for like a top 100 prospect from like another team, that's like not top top 100 in MLB, but like top 100 in their system. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. I I would, that would be fine. But like Justin said, he's probably going to be with us next year, but I do think that teams that need a DH that aren't completely out of the race, should look at Morales as somebody who has the ability to to put the ball out of the ballpark, uh, but his his on base percentage is is shot into the stratosphere as of late. Yeah, I, so, I just don't see him. I don't going anywhere. Cause I don't think anybody really needs a DH that's still in com- in contention. And, yeah, and I mean the fact that to get rid of him we'll have to eat some salary and get a player who's probably never going to contribute. We might as well just keep him around. We've talked a few times about having veteran leadership on the team, 
And I mean, we, we've yeah. seen we've seen with the um, the young um, Latin American players like Guriel that I mean, he knows Morales. Morales is kind of a big uh, father figure for him. So having guys like that are on the team next year, and we have uh, Vladi Jr. up as well with Guriel, that could be huge to have that kind of Spanish presence in the clubhouse. With Morales. Yeah, I, that's th- a, I thought when he was right. Suns Out, Guns Out, I thought he was going to be turning yeah. a, a new leaf. You know, I thought he was going to be Suns <laughs> Out, Guns Out, Kendris, and he was going to start hitting bombs for us. But it's so funny that he took the glasses off and he got better. That's <laughs> right? the thing. Like, he just keep, he's one of those guys that is very superstitious, you can yeah. tell, because he keeps changing up everything. Yeah, everything. Like, literally everything. No glasses, sleeves up. Funny. Uh, the way that he's batting, like yeah. his foot, you can, t- you can tell his feet. You know, sometimes <laughs> he's really, really open, sometimes he's not. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about here, um, let's talk Kevin Pilar, because yeah. it Looks like he's going to be out six weeks. Um, ever since you guys ripped into Kevin Pillar saying that, oh, he's not fast. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's not, not a MLB center fielder. He has fucking proved it. Yeah. Like, he has made some crazy catches. I mean, yeah. He's been great with the bat. Not maybe great, but on the fringe of great for Kevin Pillar. Yeah. I mean, because Kevin Pillar has been historically not the best of hitters, but not the worst of hitters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that one game, four for five, four RBIs. He was looking good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he this almost sucks, died. This sucks for the Jays. Yeah, he almost died he with his collarbone. Yeah. It popped out. It you know kind of ruptured a bunch of uh, arteries that he had there and ligaments. Um, is his style a little worrisome for you guys? The way that he dives, the way that he's reckless in the field, because that's how he always gets injured. Yeah. Are you a little worried about that, or is it just like you know what this this that just happens? You know, from from a from an injury standpoint, yeah, it sucks. But if you don't have guys in your team who are going all out to make plays then i mean what's the point of being out there mm-hmm. we, we we can talk about like uh roger doran <laughs> yeah Major exactly League, yeah wouldn't wouldn't get in front of a ground ball didn't want to hurt his face yeah kevin pilar would gladly lose a tooth to mm-hmm. make a catch patrick what do you think here uh, on uh kevin pilar do you think he should tone it down a little bit and do you think that uh this affects the team at all this year with him being out six weeks no, he shouldn't tone it down, and no, it's not going to affect the team at all because he's playing at a replacement player level, and we're going to bring in a replacement player. And actually, that replacement player, I believe, is Dwight Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. Is he not playing center? And he's actually hitting much better than Kim Pilar is. So in a way, the injury is fortuitous and that it gives us a chance to look at uh, Dwight Smith Jr. a little bit more, and we'll talk about him later in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, for all good reasons, uh, but Pilar goes at it hard. That's his playing style, and that's how he's been able to make some defensively unbelievable saves uh, over the course of his career. Like you said, he's an average hitter. He has a little bit of pop to his bat, but not really any more than the average outfielder. This playing style that he has is just going to burn him out. And like I think Justin said a few weeks back, he'll probably get moved to the corner and Mm -hmm. either Alford or Smith will probably end up in center. Kevin Pillar is such a streaky player, but it Mm -hmm. seems like his streaks always come at the best times. They do. During the playoff push, um, those two seasons, he was always hot at the right times. When the Jays were winning those 11 games in a row, he was always getting clutch hits, it seemed like. In the playoffs, he was hitting really well. But when the Jays are struggling, it seems like Kevin Pillar is struggling. I don't want to say the Jays go as Kevin Pillar goes because that is not the case, but it just seems like whenever the Jays are playing well, Kevin Pillar is doing really well. Uh, Whenever the Jays are struggling... um, 
He's not playing well. Yeah. Speaking of uh, <laughs> players who are not playing well, I'm not saying that Marcus Stroman um, is playing awful or anything like that, but uh, he can't string two solid starts yeah, together. Uh, it's been a topic of conversation here on the uh, podcast. A bunch is his off-field, I don't want to say antics, but is his off-field style, let's just say, is it catching up to him? Because uh, Patrick's rant is going to be all about Marcus Stroman and the media and Toronto and stuff like that. Um, but I know that Patrick and Justin have a little bit of uh, different <laughs> styles here. So before we get to the uh, rant from Patrick, just quickly here, Justin, what do you yeah. think about this whole Marcus Stroman situation? Um, really as, quick, because we're going to get as, to it after as, the rant. As a Leafs fan, I know all about the Toronto media mm-hmm. and how they blow things out of proportion. Um, specifically, the Toronto media, they're, they're kind of bad and known for that. So I, I'm oh. not looking too much into this. I mean, Strowman's kind of come out and gave his side of the story. So, I mean, it's kind of he said, she said at this point. So I'm just choosing to ignore it. Um, so in your opinion, it's kind of like, uh, eh, you know, kind of sweep cares? it under the rug. I, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. It, does, it doesn't get under my skin at all. Well, it kind of sounds like our man Patrick um, has a different take a little bit. Um, without further ado, it is time for the rant. So Patrick Marsh, uh, take it away, big guy. All right, guys. So this week for the rant, uh, we're not actually so much worried about Marcus Stroman. Uh, I've bitched about him more than enough, I think, uh, over the course of the season. What I really want to talk about this week is this whole idea of the media and journalistic integrity and just in general, the media needs to stop twisting stuff that's happening behind the scenes with sports players and athletes it's it's gotten ridiculous and i'm going to start right at the top by talking about marcus stroman it's not a secret that stroman has a little bit of trouble with social media uh, he said and done some things that fans don't understand and the whole height doesn't measure heart gimmick is a little bit contrived uh, he's had a tendency to subtweet negative goings on behind the scenes whether it was aaron sanchez signing with scott boris uh, the infamous uh, agent, uh, or his buddies not getting re-signed by the team, whether it was David Price or, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ryan Goins, he might have said something about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that fans, me, some fans have grown tired of Strowman's antics in social media, and we've talked about this, you know, at least three or four times over the course of our podcast. Um, I think Justin mentioned that he doesn't follow him on, on social media anymore. Correct. And even though I strongly dislike what he says a lot of the time on social media, especially with the subtweeting, I actually still follow him almost out of spite. But I digress. Uh, There comes a point in time, though, where the media starts to run with missteps or quotes that can be taken out of context. This past week, the Toronto Sun posted an article about how Stroman snapped after his loss to the Red Sox during the most recent series. Uh, the Sun led the piece by writing that Stroman said the team was uh, effing terrible. Uh, they later went on to ex- explain that his comment was preceded by uh, something quite tame, but I, I want to read what Marcus Stroman said on Instagram uh, and let it kind of speak for itself. <clears throat> Media asked me a question that had absolutely nothing to do with the game, team, or my performance. We just lost, and it's extremely frustrating. I'm not playing well. Neither are we as a team. After the camera shut off, I said, word for word, I'm terrible right now. We're terrible right now. It's frustrating, 
and that question isn't relevant at all to a member of the media. They chose to run the weird, terrible part only. That's ridiculous. It's frustrating losing. Playoff level caliber is our expectation. My passion for my team and the city of Toronto is authentic and real. I love everything about being a Blue Jay. I truly have felt Canadian since I've come to the city of Toronto. I love this team and this city to the death of me. That won't ever change. Regardless of what words are spun, I love my team and this city. Always have, always will. At this point, nobody is going to stop Marcus Stroman from saying what's on his mind in social media. And that's his right. Even if what he's saying a part of the time is cringy or awkward or considered maybe a little bit subversive towards team chemistry, this is what we've come to expect from him and maybe even to some extent admire, especially coming from a young pitcher who's got more to prove than most. Uh, He's not afraid to speak out, and that's totally fine. The problem we're talking about this week is sports media. There are predatory beat writers looking to come up with a spicy take on a struggling team, and it comes across as pathetic. Yes, Marcus Stroman says dumb shit every now and again. Everybody does. Yes, sometimes it's bad and he knows it. Yes, the players on the team are frustrated about their performance. But right now, the last thing the Toronto Blue Jays need are hackneyed stories about clubhouse turmoil or a player going off the rails. Uh, The days of responsible journalism feel like they're long gone with 21st century media, but this situation smacks of a lack of integrity by the journalist whose name doesn't even bear repeating. So in short, if you're a journalist, ask the players about the game and show a little bit of integrity when you're writing your shitty takes. Otherwise, guys like us here at Bat Flips and Maple Dips are going to become the ones with the integrity when talking about the Blue Jays, and nobody wants to hear that shit. Yeah, it's our job so, to be uh, silly and take silly takes, not be the ones asking, you know, the recaps of the game and yeah. stuff like that. So, Marcus, how did you feel about getting beat down out there today? Exactly. Oh, it didn't feel like, great. Yeah, those are the questions we would ask, and we would get punched right in the face. Um, I have an interesting take on this yeah, because sure. – um, I'm not what you would say a part of the media. I'm an FM radio host. And when people say, oh, you're a journalist or you're a member of the media, that is not true. My job is to talk about the weather on your way to work, (laughs) make the odd joke here and there, talk about some local stuff. That's about it. But even in a market like Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, 250,000 people, uh, journalists are very, very competitive. Yeah. Uh, because there are three news outlets here, the major ones, uh, CBC, CTV, and Global. And that is the case for most major cities um, across Canada. And even in a market like Saskatoon, um, it is so competitive to get clicks. And it is so competitive to get people to read your stories because that's how you make your money. Yep. And in a market like Toronto that is how many oh. times bigger than Saskatoon's, it would be way more pressure-filled with pressure, that situation yeah. because – that's what journalism is now. You need to get clicks. It's not about the integrity of the story. There are a couple columnists out there that still do that, but it's all about the clicks, and that's what sucks about journalists. They will not post the real story. They'll post what gets clicks, but it's not their fault. It's the higher-ups in the media's fault because reporters, no one grows up uh, wants to be a reporter and is like, well, I'm just going to sully people's bad name and get a lot of clicks. No, they want to have their own column. They want to be the guy in town that is you know, known for having reliable sources and uh, reliable news. 
They don't want to be the guys exactly, that are going yeah. after people. It's it's their marching orders, you know. <laughs> so I feel bad for reporters in Toronto because you know people are just telling them, oh no, that title's not juicy enough. You got to have a juicier title. And that happens here in Saskatoon. Like every media person here is friends. We talk to yeah. uh, people at Global and CTV all the time, and even they have that. You know, it's it's uh, they're put in a tough spot and they can't really do what they want. Mm-hmm. I know there are some Toronto media people that are complete assholes. Like Steve Simmons comes to mind. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. I hate that guy. <laughs> and like he will be a guy who has the kind of um, track record where he can do whatever he wants yeah. because he's been there for so long. long but up and coming people who are doing those media scrums, you know, because that's how people get their start. They do yeah. the media scrums and they work their way up. They're just out there to make sure that they're getting clicks on their website. Mm-hmm. And that sucks about journalism now. It's, uh, it's about the clicks. It's not about the content. Yeah. And that's a shame. I know. It's too bad. Mm-hmm. But in a city like Toronto, again, like I'm talking about Saskatoon. Yeah. It's even bad here. In a city like Toronto, it would be insane the amount of stories that get twisted. Not even with the Jays, but again, I mean, the, the Raptors, the Leafs, even the Toronto Rock, for fuck's sakes. Like, yeah. even the Marlies and the Argos and like all that. There's like, so all, much oh. going on. It's a pressure cooker in that yeah. city for media, especially yeah. so, sports media. Uh, if you get mad at a certain oof. sports writer, you might want to just get mad at their company and maybe not the writer itself. Yeah. But that's kind of my experience with it. I have a little bit of behind the scenes kind of uh, perspective on it, but uh, yeah, companies generally have a culture. Yeah, that, and if that culture is one that encourages the twisting or mm-hmm. the the spiciness of of clickbait, then that kind of rubs out to all of their writers. Definitely agree. All yeah, right. but guys, there's got to be a line between doing that and also like having a spinal cord. I mean just even this this example here like look i have bashed marcus stroman more than my share during this season rightfully so because his performance is bad and nobody should be above criticism Mm -hmm. but that includes the the beat writers who are writing these crap pieces i mean i don't read a lot of the toronto sun anyway but seeing the headline that marcus stroman snapped yeah yeah. When that what what he said was really uh, very mild, and it's probably something that would be unanimously agreed upon in the Toronto locker room. Yeah, I think we can. It's all, just we all remember a player who snapped, and I think he wrote, "The ship is sinking." Shea Hillenbrand on yeah. the on the on the. I think that's more of a snap than Marcus Stroman saying, yeah. "We're terrible right now." Ted Lilly <laughs> saying, "Fuck you" on the mound to John Gibbons yeah. and then trying to fight him in the bullpen, right? or not the bullpen <laughs> the, in the, the dugout, uh, in the yeah. dugout there. I mean, <laughs> one thing I will say though is. Um, the difference between us and beat writers, we don't get paid to do this. It's no. just for fun for us. So we can take our own perspective yeah. and rip into people. Oh, for sure we can. Um, those beat writers, that's how they pay their bills. That's how they put food on the table. Um, and journalism is a very competitive market. Oh, if you find a job, you want to hold on to us. I mean, yeah. I'm speaking from my own perspective here again. Sorry for doing that. And I've used no, the word perspective fine. like 20 times in the past five minutes. But um, <laughs> it's very Sorry. competitive. And when you get a job, you hold on to it. No questions asked. And... It's tough to get a job in this industry. So for guys who do get those jobs, I mean, if you're covering sports in the Toronto market, that is a dream job for a lot of people who mm-hmm. grew up wanting to be mm-hmm. a sports reporter. They'll do whatever they want oh, God, or yeah. whatever they're told, you know. Just to, And again, it's probably a good-paying job. It uh, pays the bills, great benefits. So the thing is you got to kind of put yourself in their shoes. I mean, you said, like, don't you have a spinal cord? 
I do too, and I'd feel bad about it, but at the same time, I don't want to be homeless. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I need that job to pay yeah, the bills. Hundred uh, percent. Let's move on from uh, the Toronto media because, again, even though I just kind of defended them, I still think hole. they're kind of jerks. Yeah. Uh, let's go to a little bit of a roundtable discussion. A little bit yeah. of a would you rather mixed with a roundtable. If yeah. Roundtable and Would You Rather had a baby, this would be it. <laughs> this would be it. Uh, what is your ideal Toronto Blue Jays rotation for 2019? Uh, Patrick and I just talked forever, so we're going to let Justin go first. Yeah, no, I, I think we can probably do these first couple of guys together. Uh, I think we all know that Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez are going to be in the rotation next yeah. year. I don't think there's any argument for either of them not to be at mm-hmm. this point. So we, we can we can talk about they're both elite ground ball pitchers. They throw good sinkers. Yeah. Like, like Marcus Stroman has sixty percent ground balls, mm-hmm. which is top tier, and Sanchez can be the same. The one drawback with Sanchez is that he does tend to walk a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Outside of his twenty sixteen, where he was um, top, where he received some Cy Young votes, um, he's had some trouble with the walk in his career. But again, the blister last year didn't pitch for most of the season. And now he's got that contusion that he's dealing with. He should be back soon. He's throwing. My fingers hurt. Yeah, it's, well, now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like Sanchez is going to be back soon. So, I mean, Stroman and Sanchez are in there. That's probably our one and two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, have we seen enough from Ryan Barucki yeah. to keep him in the rotation next season? I've seen enough from Ryan Barucki to put him in the rotation this season at the end of the year. Oh, I agree. I think he should be there. He's in the minors right now just because of the all-star break mm-hmm. and they had needed a spot to bring up um, some players to fill in for some injuries and yada, yada, yada. But he'll be back up to make his next start after the break without a doubt. Yeah. Because Sam Gaviglio has been terrible the mm-hmm. last couple of times out. So I, I, I'm kind of off. I was on the Gaviglio train for a bit um, just to see more of him. And now that I've seen more of him, I'm firmly, I've jumped off. I've tuck and rolled off the Gaviglio train. Yeah. And I'm now running across the desert trying to get away from his train <laughs> as fast as I can. So yeah, the, for, for me, the three guys I want in there for sure, Stroman, Sanchez, Baraki. Um, and I've talked about Sean Reed Foley a number of times. I wanted him up instead of Baraki. Um, not because I think Baraki was bad. I just liked, I wanted to see Reed Foley more than I wanted to see yeah. Baraki personally. Um, but he's he's having a, like a hell of a year in the minors. He's been moved up from AA to AAA. Um, his ERA in, in AAA is a bit misleading. It's at 419 right now, but um, his FIP and XFIP that we've talked about in the past are 299 and 323 respectively. So he's, I guess, underperforming those. Um, he's had the, been the victim of some bad luck because opponents are batting uh, 341 on his balls in play right now. So that'll drop down closer to 300, and that should drop his other numbers as well. So I think he'll probably he'll compete for a rotation mm-hmm. spot. He's striking out 11 batters per nine innings in Buffalo right now, which is elite. And walking about three, which is still very good. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll at least compete in spring training. And then I'd like to see us bring another lefty in in free agency. I mean, people keep talking about, yeah, we'll bring Jay Hat back again. Uh, I don't want Jay Hat back again. I want somebody a bit younger. Um, Jay Hat, all the credit to him. Great pitcher. Good veteran guy. I'd like to see us go after Patrick Corbin. He's having his a career year in Arizona this season. He's going to be 29 later, this, uh, later uh, in the summer. He's making seven and a half million this year. He's probably due for, I'd say, probably twice that next year, mm-hmm. based on his current numbers. At least thirteen million. Um, bring him on a couple year deal if you can. Uh, that'd be ideal for me. That's that's my guys: Stroman, Sanchez, Baraki, 
SRF and uh, Corbin. SRF, really going to give him a nickname like that already? I like he it. has not earned it enough to do that. Come on. Hey, he's SRF. A, I like him. Surf. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, surf. Hey, that's a good one. Um, he's got as, a cool mustache. Yeah, as always, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here because do it up. Uh, I am looking ahead to Patrick's and it almost looks wild identical here. Um, wild I'm going off the board. I'm going to say uh, we get rid of Aaron Sanchez, we trade him for some pieces. Um, Go for it. We trade him for a, a good second baseman or another infielder. That's what I say we do. Uh, we are keeping Marcus Stroman. We are keeping Ryan Barucki. I think Reed Foley stays in the minors maybe one more year uh, just because of his stupid nickname that Justin just gave him. He deserves to be there. I think that the Jays next year are going to be so young, and we kind of touched on it with the Kendrick yeah. Morales talk. Uh, the Jays are going to be so young next year that we need a bunch of veteran guys to kind of – even out the locker room with the young guys and the old guys. We need those old guys to show the young guys how to do it. I have a feeling, and this is going to sound ridiculous, that David Price is going to be opting out of his contract with Boston. I don't know why, but I have a hunch he has an opt-out in his contract this year. And if he opts out, I would love to see David Price back for the Jays. I know he's old. I know he's got elbow problems. But he would be like our third or fourth guy. He wouldn't have the pressure that he would have on him like he did when we got him. And again, I know it's out there. I'm just doing this for the sake of <laughs> being out, out there. there. Man. I would love David Price back to be the veteran guy to kind of, again, guide Marcus <laughs> Stroman again. Remember how good Marcus Stroman yeah. was with David Price and how buddy-buddy they were and how... Marcus Stroman was kind of, you know, on a leash when David Price was there. I would love to see that again. They could play Fortnite duos together, too. Again, and with our lineup, you know, again, like, Vladdy's probably going to be in our lineup next year. I have a feeling Bo Bichette might make some strides and maybe make the opening day roster. He might prob- yeah. well, probably will start in AAA, but maybe later on in the year. Our team's going to be so young that I think a veteran pitching rotation would do this team benefit. So I would say Stroman. I would say Barucki. I would say David Price. Fingers crossed. And then, you know what? Maybe we go after Gio Gonzalez. Yeah. Again, we need another left-hander. He's 33. Uh, he went 15 and nine last year. I think he would be another good veteran guy because again, we have our young guys in the rotation with Baraki. Strowman's still pretty young. Put in those two aging left-handers, and then maybe again get another <laughs> kind of mediocre Drew Hutchinson kind of player. I think that would be great. I honestly think an older pitching rotation would be better than a younger pitching rotation. When you said you're going to go off the book, I thought you were going to say we should pick up Jaime Garcia's ten million dollar option. I would rather fucking go <laughs> fucking have Jaime Garcia back on our team. He's going to be in the pen. I loved his pickup at the at the beginning yeah, of the year. So I was I. like, oh man, I like this guy. You know. He's he's so vanilla. He's so boring. Yeah. Like if you're gonna suck, at least be exciting. Like be a Gustavo Chassin. Yeah. You know, wear some funny glasses. Have a good name. Since come out with novelty. some cologne. But don't be just boring like Jaime is. Yeah. Patrick, um, what do you got for yeah. us, buddy? I'm I'm actually I want, I'm changing my list on the fly here, uh, just because I I like the idea of going off the board. <laughs> I will say that I I don't believe Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stromer are are going anywhere. I'm pretty sure. They are sol- are solid one two, and you can put them in any order you want. It really doesn't matter. Um, I personally would put Sanchez first because I like his sinker. Um, I like what he what he's got. He is susceptible to like a high number of walks, but uh, I still think he's he's got that 2016 season still in him. I, I think he's got a couple of those left. Um, while I'm not really fond of Strowman's online presence and very bad performance this year, I still think he is. There's something inside of him that that will push him to be an all-star, or will he will like will his way back into favor. Um, and then his performance will will definitely recover. Um, 
I like the idea of going left, right, left for the for three, four, five. Uh, so I'm going to start way back at the anchor spot, like the number five. I I think we bring back Jay Happ probably on a two-year deal. He's a solid number five starter. He has been most of the time we've had him. I think he might not be you know a sexy signing because we've seen his face so many times. It's just like you want to look at something different. He's got but... a good face though. What's that? He's got a good face though. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, he's a handsome dude. But I mean, like, movie would say, you know, good face looks like a ball player. Oh, great face! That's what Pat Tabler says. Exactly, great face on that guy. Looks like a ball player. Looks like a ball. (laughs) Soft hands. Yeah. yeah, Aside from the fact that he makes for uh, for a better than average trading card, I think Hap is still going to have stuff next year. So a one or two year deal makes sense, and having him as the number five starter. If Jay Happ is your number five starter, I mean he's an All Star this year. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, he was great. Didn't he go sixteen and four or something like that? He's yeah, he's the kind of guy that we we want on this team uh, while we wait for our prospects to come home to to roost. Yeah. Uh, pers- personally, I am on the Ryan Brucky train. I am strapped in. I don't want him to go back down to AAA yeah, ever again. I want him to be up in the now. show. <laughs> Now in time eternal, I really like Barucki as a number three uh, starter. He got absolutely rocked in his most recent start, but he pitched really well against a New York team and a Houston team. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't get rocked against Boston lately, though, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. They've, they've already got, like, what, 66, 67 wins? Something 60, gross like at that. The, something. It's yeah, a, it's like at the friggin' break. Like they're gonna win a hundred to hundred and ten games. Like, yeah. Just leave, leave them alone. Let let them pound everybody. And but I mean Ryan Barucki, I don't think we should protect him at all. Like I I understand the logic behind him going down to the AAA. It's only so he gets a start in while he's waiting yeah. for his next MLB start. I think Jaime Garcia is done in Toronto as a starter. He will just go right into the bullpen. They're putting him in there, yeah. And. Yeah, like if we're not going to launch him into the sun, uh, <laughs> launch him into the bullpen and have him be the Brian Tallett or Ryan Tallett, whatever it was, uh, where he just comes into the game we're already down by 15 runs and he can just kind of. <laughs> Brian you know. Tallett fucking Brian was Tallett. a rock star in those yeah, games. Though. When have, he was coming in, didn't when they he weird... have the big sideburns? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he had the wings. Like a <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember that guy was a rock star when he came into those games. Though when we were down like eleven runs, he'd go like five innings, zero earned runs, yeah. zero walks, seven Ks, just chuck <laughs> yeah. it, and then be like, "Okay, let's give this guy a start." So we get an emergency walk. start when someone would be hurt, and he would just be horrible. And he, would he would never be a genius. He would never get out of the third inning. <laughs> um, so that's your rotation. Do you have a fifth guy there, Patrick? Too. Uh, well, my number four slot because I want a righty. Yeah. I I like the idea of Sean Reed fully maturing a little bit more in AAA. I don't know how much more he has left to prove in AAA, but I think we go out and sign somebody like drum roll Tyson Ross uh, out of San Diego. I think mm-hmm. he's yeah. is where he is right now. He's, he's 31 years old. He is an okay but not great pitcher. Mm-hmm. He will come cheap. He's yep. a free agent coming up, and I like the idea of him coming in, and if he ends up blowing chunks for us, he just goes into the bullpen. We should be able to get him for under $10 million. Oh, for sure. If we've got the cash to do it, um, 
I say have him come in and maybe Sean Reed fully uh, get some protected innings out of the bullpen while he kind of matures. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to see him up with the team if he's not, you know, just absolutely throwing flame, like just flamethrower balls in AAA. Um, put him in the bullpen and then, yeah, Tyson Ross come in. You know, he'll be cheap and he'll eat up a bunch of innings and the team's not going to compete next year. So I don't know. Fuck it. According, Let's according just get... to you. Yeah, question for you guys um, with regards to Baraki. <laughs> would you slot him in between Sanchez and Stroman to break up the right-handers? I would use no. him as a replacement for Sanchez. Honestly, I'm done with Aaron Sanchez. I know you guys love him, but I'm over him. I know he's great, and I know he will be good somewhere else, but I just think that, I don't know, I just don't remember him at all from yeah. those two years ago. I just think we could trade him for a lot right now, and I think that's what we should do because I just think his finger and his the way he throws, I just see him as... Never getting back to that point. I think he's hit it. But may, that's just me, and he's probably going to prove me wrong because I'm I always wrong about this kind does. of stuff. And I hope he does too, <laughs> and I hope he does it with the Jays, but I just don't see it. I just think that the Fair smart enough. move here, especially after seeing the decline of Josh Donaldson, I think we should get a high return for Aaron Sanchez right now. I think that we don't have to look in the hindsight and be like, oh, yeah. what, what could we have gotten for this guy who lit it up and almost won the Cy Young Award Josh one Dawson year? Josh Donaldson just makes me upset. Yeah. No. Um, we, we'll, we'll talk about him. But yeah. one, one more thing uh, before we transition. I do like your spicy take, uh, Clayton, at the same time. Since Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman are, for lack of a better term, our aces, I think we're comfortable with the idea of like a right, right, left, right, left. Mm -hmm. So you get your two aces, and then you switch it up left, go back to right, so someone like Tyson Ross or... I don't know, whatever vanilla right-handed pitcher we can get for under $10 million, and then go back to Happ at left. Mm-hmm. Or you can flip uh, Happ and Barucki, uh, and maybe Happ is three and Barucki is five, just to take some pressure off the kid. It doesn't really matter, but like I say, go right, right, left, right, left. I just think that, like that we are going to be competitive next year, and with our young guns not making a lot of money and not affecting the cap a lot, a I think we can pay a lot of pitchers that's to come in. That's why I like getting Corbin. That's why I think getting some veteran guys in. I know that Patrick thinks we're going to be garbage next year, but I think we're going to be actually pretty good next year, even though our division is we, an absolute nightmare. We might compete for a wild card. Yeah. Um, it's going to depend on what happens with Bryce Harper, if he goes to the Yankees or not, like the rumors say. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would suck. Can you imagine? Yeah. All right, let's not no, talk about sad talk stuff. About let's, that, no, but... no, we're moving on. <laughs> we're not t- thinking about that. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, usually we do sorry not sorry here, one of my favorite segments, but yeah. uh, we're gonna pull a Peyton Manning and call an audible here. Omaha. Um, we are going to pull a Steve Pierce. We're gonna put it on the bench. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is just gonna be called segment four because we didn't think of a wacky title for it. So segment number four. Da 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 da. We're gonna talk about T. Oscar Hernandez and Dwight Smith Jr. because I think they deserve a little bit of love uh, because their stats they look great on paper. And sometimes yeah. when you see guys that have great stats on paper, they don't really produce it in the clutch times. But I think these two guys, and Justin will kind of explain here, they are, uh, they're proving that they're the real deal. Yeah, m- more so with, with T.O. for sure. I'm going to shorten Teoscar Hernandez to T.O. What is with you and the nicknames It's today? short. I don't want to say Teoscar Hernandez. It's a lot of syllables, so I can't okay. handle that. T.O. Right. It's easier to enunciate. Okay. So <laughs> first half numbers. I mean, the guy, Patrick thinks he should take more walks. I do concur with that. But if he wasn't hitting so many home runs, I would be more on the walk train than I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the guy is, he's getting paid and well, not, he's not getting paid that much, but he's getting paid to drive in runs and be a bopper for us. And that's what he's doing. Um, his, his, his defense, 
offense. His defense brings him his value down a little bit in terms of war. It's only 0.7. But, I mean, he's still learning the outfield in the big leagues. He hasn't. He's barely played a full season of worth of games in mm-hmm. his three years in the bigs. So, I mean, let's give the guy a little bit of time to figure that out. The big thing for me with, with Tio is that he smacks the ball to all fields. He's not a pure pull hitter. Um, he hits the ball hard. He averages 93 miles an hour on his exit velocity, which is uh, one mile per hour above league average. Mm-hmm. And he hits an average of 16 degrees of launch angle. And that's kind of like the the hot number right now. J.D. Martinez is usually around that 16 to 18 degrees, and he's leading the league in home runs right now. Um, so I'm all aboard the launch angle train. It's a yeah. cool stat that we're still kind of learning about. But Tio's doing all the things he needs to do, and his bat's trumping defense. I know Patrick and I talk about him a lot um, in terms of just the pure power numbers and just how, uh, I guess, ag- aggressive he is at the plate, which in his case I think it's a good thing. I don't mind him striking out a bit. Mm-hmm. I- I'd rather see him swing and miss than take pitches and strike out looking. Um, what do you think about that, Patrick? Do you think that I'm- Do you think I'm crazy for saying that? No, actually, he credit to uh, for Tio. I got his. What's his nickname? Does he have one? I don't know. Apparently, it's Tio. It is now on BFMD. It's Tio. We call oh, him Tescobar because we thought his name was Tescobar during his first game. Tescobar. Tescobar. That's what my buddy uh, called him. Okay. Well, all right. So Tio, uh, uh, his OBP is very slightly above his uh, career average, although. We're talking about like a minimum amount of yeah. games here. Um, he's actually, I'm okay with what he's doing this year because he's not actually uh, slugging as good as he, he did in previous years. We're, we're, again, limited playing time, but the contact that he is making, boy, this kid is an extra base mm-hmm. machine. He's yeah. got, he's got, am I, am I reading this right? He has six triples. Uh, you might be. I'm not on his stats page right now, but I can be. In a I'm on a stats page, and I see 20 doubles, six triples, and 15 home runs. The so out of his se- 78 yeah. hits, like 40 of them are for extra base. He's great. 41 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holy yeah, he Christ. Does, he does and we haven't even talked about his defense yet because he is a really, really good defensive player. Not, like, great, great, like Kevin Pillar great, but um, his arm is really, really good. I mean, he's the little things like taking the best route to the ball might be a bit yeah, better. Yeah, exactly. But like, he's not a defensive liability mm, out there. He knows not what he's terribly. doing. His arm is his arm's like, that's fine. The thing. His arm makes up for the yeah. fact that maybe he can't get to the ball as quick as some other outfielders. Um, but his defense is pretty decent for a young player like him. Yeah. That decoy play they ran in Boston. Yeah. When he he threw a strike to first base yeah. from left field. So I mean, that... super hype. Yeah. Let's talk I, about. I see him as our future left fielder. Me too. Like I yeah. see him being our corner outfielder for hopefully like. Eight to ten years. Like, I really like this kid. Very Shannon Stewart-esque. Reminds me a lot of Shannon Stewart out there, and I fucking loved Shannon Stewart. He was so underrated. Yeah, I liked Shannon Stewart. I loved Jose Cruz Jr. And Tony Batista, baby. Tony (laughs) Batista. Uh, Dwight Smith Jr., um, 45 plate appearances. That's right, PA, right? Yeah. Uh, so we can't really take too much in there, but no. I mean, he's batting 289, two home runs. Um, he has a little bit of pop in his bat. Uh, what do you guys think about Dwight Smith Jr.? Do you think that he can next year crack the opening day lineup? I, I'm going to call him DSJ just to piss you off. 
Clayton. <laughs> He's looking at me right now. So fucking over you. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm all about uh, Dwight Smith Jr. being on the opening day roster next year, but as our fourth outfielder. Um, mm. I compared him with, when I was talking to Patrick. He's Curtis Granderson without the pop. Yeah. Um, his his yep. power numbers do look very impressive right now, but I looked back at his minor league stats, and he's doing, um, a lot more in the big leagues than he did in the minors. Which, I mean, forty five plate appearances, we haven't seen him kind of even out yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, pitchers are seeing him for the first time in a lot of the cases, so they're throwing him fastballs, and he can hit fastballs because any young player with a bat hit a fastball. Yeah. Uh, once they start figuring him out and finding there's going to be some holes in the swing. Um, the good news for Dwight Smith Jr. is that he's walking almost as many times as he's striking out. And I looked at his, uh, his swinging stats and he makes contact with the ball in 75% of his swings. Um, 85% of the time when the ball is in the strike zone. So he's not swinging wildly, which we've seen with kids like Guriel who come up and just, swing for the fences and hack away and strike out a ton. <laughs> uh, whereas Dwight Smith Jr., he's, he seems to be a very patient player. And I believe he's 25 or 26 already. So he's he's got some... He's, I think we drafted him in 2011. So he's been around for a while now. So he's had time to really develop his approach at the plate. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that translate, um, at least with the walk numbers and the low strikeouts. We'll see his power numbers drop. Uh, but I still think he he'll hit for hit for average maybe around two seventy five two eighty. It'll be higher than Kevin Pillar's is. Yeah. Um, but he's a left-handed hitter, and we like we like that with Granderson where he kind of platoons with with Teoscar Hernandez in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I do see uh, Junior making the opening day roster as the fourth outfielder next mm, season. Interesting. At this point, I could see that happening. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the uh, home run derby, shall we? Uh, <laughs> we're gonna spend like a minute on this. Yeah. Bryce Harper can hit batting practice baseballs over the fence. Congratulations. Good job. It was very entertaining. Did you watch it? I did, and I thought it was a very entertaining home run derby just because of the drama and that last yeah. round. It was awesome. Uh, I'm just reading tweets right now that say, oh, Bryce Harper cheated because on his 11th home run, uh, he didn't wait for the ball to hit the ground, and then they pitched anyways, and he hit the ball. So you're saying, oh, it's cheating. Oh, it should be stripped. It's the fucking home run derby. It's Relax. literally meaningless. Who cares? gives a shit yeah. you know it was fun uh the crowd was loving it that's yeah. the best part about the that's, whole thing the crowd was going nuts. i think it's i think being there live would be cool yeah i mean watching home runs on tv is is great but mm-hmm. seeing those balls flying to the second deck in person is pretty cool um i know personally i was umpiring a ball game last night mm-hmm. and got off the field and could have watched the last round but i chose to go to sleep instead because that's how much i care about the home run derby. exactly i liked <laughs> it when like jose cruz or not jose cruz jr uh ken griffey jr yeah. was in it because like, oh, you man. get to look at his sweet Remember when josh hamilton matched yeah, like exactly. 50 dongs like, that was in, fun. in new york that uh was what about cool. patrick really quick here home run derby yay nay uh yay for watching old home run derbies there's nobody <laughs> like griffey that, yeah, or griffey was the king i know yeah. this is this is uh heresy but there are no mcguires or sosas or bonds or griffey's anymore like bryce harper is not having a great season yeah he can hit meatballs uh you know and basically batting practice but john mcdonald could do pretty well against meatballs too there's there's no sully the good name john mcdonald on this podcast how dare you? <laughs> you know he's my favorite player. There's no player. sexy hitters anymore. I'm All those guys are gone. And we'll, what we have now is Bryce Harper, who's having a mess season. Kyle Schwarber, who's having a great season, but nobody really gives a shit about. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I, I want my big superstars. Where, where, how did uh, Stanton do during the Home Run Derby? Did, did he participate? Was he in it? I don't think he was in it. He was in it last year. I don't think he That's did pathetic. Yeah. The guy mashed, what, 59 home runs last year? He's mm-hmm. not even in the Derby this year? Like well, players can elect not to, and I understand why. I mean, there's a long-standing tradition that there's a cur- some sort of curse mm-hmm. with the home run derby. Uh, Alex Rios? Yeah. Remember Alex oh, Rios? God. Yeah, he yeah. had that awesome home run derby, that and he did zero things to the Jays after. Okay, that's going to make him mad. we got to move on to yeah, uh, trade stuff here. Uh, before we get to baseball trades, uh, I want to talk about Kawhi Leonard possibly going to the Toronto Raptors yeah. really quickly here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Apparently the Raptors are the front runners for Kawhi Leonard, and they have sent them a very, very interesting deal. Do you deal. think DeRozan's going back? I, think, I don't think DeRozan would go. I think it would be Kyle Lowry, um, Powell. OG? I think it would be two first-rounders and then another guy on the team. Like, it would be maybe an OG or a young guy or something like that, maybe a Pirtle. But if we yeah. got Kawhi Leonard, oh, man. It'll only be for one year, though. I know, He's a rental player. Maybe you get – I know we'd have to give a lot for him. But, may, like, again, look at these. LeBron's gone. Yeah. There's the Raptors n- can get past any other team except for LeBron. I just wanted to mention that because it's Toronto or yeah, whatever. I still think that the Raptors can get past without adding Kawhi. I think mean, they can get to the least Eastern Conference final this year. They'll probably play Boston. Yeah, I just want Kawhi Leonard to It'd be, be cool. with you. It'd but, be cool. But we don't cool. know how healthy he is. Whatever. That's the thing. The Raptors have been good for too long. They they deserve to be in the dumps for a little while and yeah. rebuild and get some picks. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the Jays, though. Um, Patrick, you're up first here. Jay Happ, our best trade commodity. Um, Phillies, Yankees, Mariners, Cubs, they've all been linked to him. Where do you see him going? Because he is going. Uh, he's He's... If he's going anywhere, and and I agree, like he is going, he's going to either the Mariners or the Yankees. He's not going to go to an NL team. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. The Yankees, they're going to have to play Boston. The road to the World Series is going to go through Boston. Um, Hap is the kind of pitcher they want to have in their lineup to stifle the Red Sox going down the stretch. If they want to get out of the wild card two spot and maybe try to compete for the division title, mm-hmm. uh, the Mariners, it's kind of a similar situation where the road to get to the World Series is probably going to go through either New York or Boston. So, again, Hap, Lefty, it just makes sense. I don't see the Phillies bothering. Uh, the Cubs doesn't make any sense at all to me. I'm not sure exactly why. I can't, I can't qualify that feeling, but... Mm-hmm. Hap is either going to the Yankees or the Mariners, whichever one's willing to pay the most. And from what I've seen out in social media, neither team is interested in paying very much, but it doesn't matter because he's probably just going to come back to us when we re-sign him in uh, the winter. Says you. So, yep, says I. Says let's, I. Let's go to Curtis Granderson because apparently there are rumors that Cubs might be interested in him for a veteran presence yeah. in the outfield. Curtis Granderson's tenure as a Jay, I can't wait for that uh, tribute video if he does leave when he comes back. My goodness. Oh, yeah. so many highlights. But I like Grandy Man. Like, I, do. I I thought he was a nice little spark to yeah, our team. Yeah, he's, and... he's, he's great. I mean, and he does all the things that you want him to do. He, he's good when he comes, he comes in pinch head uh, appearances and he, looks, he comes and he doesn't just swing away. He, yeah. He's patient. He draws, he'll take his walks, he'll strike out a fair time, but he still hits the ball hard for an old guy. Mm-hmm. And and we talk about like the Cubs are looking for a veteran presence, and that's what he's he is for us mm. right now. Um, and with Pilar out, I still think we trade Granderson because obviously our season's over, so there's no point in keeping him when we can get something. Yeah. 
we, we got to get yeah, something. We keep for talking him. about value, value, yeah. value all the time, but it, it's true. When when you're in a lost season, there's there's no way in hell that we could have hoped to compete with the Red Sox, the Yankees mm-hmm. this year, and we're and we're just we're getting to the point now where it's like, yep, yeah, okay, blow it up, yeah, get what we can, restart the cupboard because next year's gonna be fun. And we talked about Kendris Morales a little bit, yeah. Um, so yeah, we might be able to get something for him, but nothing too major in return. It might yeah. just be worth getting rid of his contract. But with Josh Donaldson, I still think we can get something in return for Josh Donaldson, uh, whether it be one great prospect or two mediocre ones that are kind of wild cards could turn into something. Uh, Patrick, do you really care if he gets traded anymore? What do you think on Josh? Man, this was something that I brought up a little bit earlier before we started recording today, just talking to Justin, and I just, I feel so dead inside and so (laughs) numb to Josh Donaldson, like I can't, I can't bring myself to have feelings about the situation anymore, because every time we think he's going to come back and be great, he's just, the regression is just continuing and we already won the trade. We already got an MVP out of him. We already got back to back ALCS appearances from him. If we trade him and get value for him. Great. If we don't, he finishes the season as a J. Even if we resign him, it, it just, it doesn't matter. He's not going to be our third baseman in two years or three years. One year. Even if we do sign him. Yeah. Like Eight it's going to be Vladdy. Um, <laughs> Because it's going to take three to five years to transition Vladdy over to first base if that's what they want to do. That's not going to happen. So Donaldson is done in Toronto, and I just don't care anymore. Like, I I don't care if we get anything for him or not anymore just because I just – I feel dead to it. Put him for some bamboo bats and a, and a case of baseballs. You guys are fucked. It's still yeah. Josh Donaldson. He won the MVP like two years ago. He's got baseball left in him, and he's got the name. Again, yeah. he's got the name. Teams in a wild card push are going to want a guy like that. Um, yeah, but I they're think not going to pay for him. That's I know the they're problem. not, but again, like, hey, we can maybe get one yeah, good we're, prospect. We're talking about, I'll take like, one good prospect in return for Josh. not going to be what we want it to be. That's fine. And at this point, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with both of you. It's, it's, like it's still Josh. And I want to give him the, all the chance in the world to come back and show us that we're wrong about him being done. Um, we, we've had the same conversation about Strowman when he we were all ready to write him off kind of after those first seven starts. And then as he's come back, he's shown signs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe that Donaldson will do that as long as he's 100% when he comes back. Because the last time he came back, he obviously wasn't. Yeah. Because he lasted, what, a week? Yeah. Two weeks, maybe? And he wasn't he wasn't good. In closing, you guys said we. I am not putting myself in that we group. You guys think, oh, Josh Donaldson's done. I don't think Josh Donaldson's done at all. I no. still love Josh. I, I'm I'm on the fence. And also, Patrick, that was a gross misunderstatement. Oh, we got a pretty good trade for Josh Donaldson. We basically traded Brett Laurie for Josh Donaldson straight up. There were a couple mm. other little I pieces got rid in there. Of Franklin Barreto too, unfortunately. I wanted to bait you into calling him Cement Head yeah, well, again, he is but I didn't He's get it. Fucking yeah. Cement Head. Nothing going on upstairs with that guy. <laughs> um, that about does it. We are ending on a Brett Laurie reference, though. What do you let's want? Just say, uh, let's do you, just, want? you know what? Double let's, back. let's just say Carlos Delgado. There we go. Okay, we ended on a Carlos Delgado reference and not a Brett Laurie reference because that'd be horrible. Uh, thanks for listening. Episode 7, Batflips Maple Dips. Again, head to Facebook, facebook.com slash Batflips Maple Dips on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. That's where you can see most of our stuff. We're pretty active on Twitter. Give me a follow too at Radio Clayton. Why not? 
uh, SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash uh, Backflips Maple Dips. iTunes, Google Play Music. Uh, Patrick, thanks for joining us in the Maritimes. As always, enjoy your lobster, whatever the fuck you guys do out there. And uh, we're going to enjoy the sunny 33-degree day here in Saskatoon. I'm going canoeing. Oh, nice. So for uh, Justin, Patrick, and myself, uh, Episode 7 in the books. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Tuesday.